This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to the awful and awesome entertainment rap. Hello, hello. This is the awful and awesome entertainment rap, episode 172. This is Rajeshri Sen and this is Abhinandan Sekri. We come to you from the comfort of our homes recording from work at home kind of environment. However, we are contemplating going to office and recording so you have a better audio experience like we do the hafta since the numbers in Delhi, I don't know what Gurgaon are a little lower and we have maintained some sort of hygiene, COVID hygiene protocols. So Rajshree, maybe we should start recording from office because the, the Zoom quality, I don't find that great. What do you think? I'm fine with recording from office. If I get COVID, you'll have to pay my hospital bill. Yeah, yeah. No, I... but I won't go to government hospital. I want a five star like Amitabh Bachchan. I want my private room and I want two dancers in the corner. I'm not saying Amitabh Bachchan has two dancers in the corner. I want. We'll contemplate that. But for right now, until you're healthy, fit and fine, we shall be discussing the following in this episode. We have two online uh, series, one which I stumbled upon and have been blown away by. Uh, we have uh, you know some celebrities in the news uh, one who passed on uh, she was the oldest surviving member of the cast of uh, gone with the wind but she has a lot more interesting things to her life uh, uh, amitabh bachchan was in hospital and you know social media is full of anger and people are generally angry these days because of covid and they are bunched up at home uh, he has lashed out in a rather surprising way in my view and we had a movie which was released last week so and we have of course an ad so rajshree a very good ad okay we should, that's debatable we shall <laughs> and we have 12 emails the emails just get more now 10 there were before when we started two more people have mailed while we are sitting maybe here maybe they just stand up <laughs> what is wonderful is that most of them are really short so we can include more which is the good thing about having short emails that more can be included But first, Rajshri, and you watched a film this this week? Yes, I watched a film which uh, it seems I I was the only one. Maybe I was feeling a little low, so I felt uh, emotionally moved. So I liked the film, which is Shyam Singh Rajput's last film was uh, released on Hotstar, Disney Hotstar, uh, called Dil Bechara. मेरी नानी बचपन में अक्सर मुझे ये कहानी सुनाया करती थी. एक था राजा, एक थी रानी. दोनों मर गए. खत्म कहानी पर ऐसी कहानियां किसी को अच्छी नहीं लगती मेरा नाम किसी बासु है क्यों है मत पूछो मुझे कैंसर सो दिल बेचारा इज सो दिस इज द फिल्म द लास्ट फिल्म दैट ही वर्क ऑन and it was slated to be released on in the cinema halls as usual but that has come to not now and uh, the film it's officially based on the fault in our stars which is the book by uh, john green and an english film was also made uh, on fault in our stars which i didn't watch because the story is so soppy that i had no interest in watching it but i watched this because also we are sitting at home and there's not much to watch and also because of sushant singh rajput who i uh, thought was a fabulous actor not just in this film i'm saying in other films i no felt. absolutely i think in kaipochi and all you did fantastic job kaipochi and that other son chidya those two films the others i what was his other films that he's done tough but yeah i mean he did a, he also did. i didn't watch dhoni dhoni you had 
watch right yes so this film is set in uh, jamshedpur and it's directed by mukesh chabra who this is the first uh, film directed by him he is a casting director who has cast for films like gangs of wasepur and so on like good films he's done the casting for and the film stars uh, this girl called sanjana sanghi and i think it's pretty much her last film because there was some interview in the paper that she's going back home because she can't live in bombay without work Right. which is understandable and uh, so the film story is that they are it's about two cancer survive not survivors they have cancer basically they are cancer patients and uh, it's about their love story they meet each other there's a cancer like a support group which is held in their hospital by their doctor and they meet each other and they fall in love and what happens so in the book so it's an old book and it's an old film the english one so there's no real spoilers here in the book they go to amsterdam to meet this alcoholic writer who hasn't completed i think he hadn't completed his book and that's why they want to meet him in this film they go to paris to meet a which part did not make too much sense to meet even though it stars my favorite actor in that role Saif Ali Khan Pataudi oh, uh, that's why i sent you that screenshot that's that right. was him oh i, I didn't explain you thought i was just sending you pictures of self which i also do sometimes hmm. to be fair and right. uh, so they go to paris to meet this singer who is paid by self because she really likes his songs but there's one love song which he doesn't complete but self's character is in fleshed out properly because he must have said i will only for this much money i will only do 10 minutes of acting you pack in whatever you can into that acting is that yeah. what the call these days of self does acting hmm he's a thespian Someone has written a letter calling you a thespian. I almost choked. I stopped with that letter anyway. So this uh, girl. So the reason now there could be reasons why. Yeah, uh, Sushant Singh is not acting spectacularly. He just acts well. It's a he's playing a romantic lover boy over here. The girl, the girl acts very well actually. For her first film, I must say she is very good, and she plays a character called her character's name is. Kizi Basu, she's Bengali, and it's based in Jamshedpur, as I said. And Jamshedpur has never looked so pretty. In it is a very sweet little town, but it really looks pretty in this film. And her parents are played by Shashwato, who people have seen in Kahani as the. Uh, I won't give that away because that's a real. He's in Kahani, yeah. and uh, her mother is played by the same woman who plays Shashwati. Her name is. It's the wife in that. Um... Shastika. Why am I saying Shastika Mukherjee? Who played the wife in Patal Lok? Patal Lok, correct. And the parents, so they are very, very good actors in Bengali cinema. I've seen them act before in Bengali cinema, and they act as well over here. It's a sweet film. It's not. fabulous but i know people who didn't like the film who thought that it didn't match up to the english film which in itself was very soft you like the film right i thought it was sweet yeah it's like a and it's a short film it's a 1 hour 30 minute or 40 minute film so that also makes me more favorably inclined to anything which is short nowadays but i felt it was ironic that this was a film about a man who is desperate to stay alive 
and it starts Sushant Singh Rajput. So maybe I I was reading many things into like I just felt it's ironic that wow his last film is about this guy who's desperate to hold on to life. And when you're playing that role and you're going through whatever in your head where you don't want to keep living, it must be the dichotomy must be terrible. Although there's, I mean, I, I, I don't know when this film was shot, but from the time of its shooting to its release, I'm sure his yeah, yeah, mind, I mean, it would have been a... But it's a slick film. It's a slickly made film, all that. But uh, I don't know whether I would have gone and seen it under other circumstances in a cinema hall. I, I don't think this film will do for him what Pakiza did for Meena Kumari. I mean, Meena Kumari and Pakiza's release were, I think, a month from each other. I think in 72 March, the film was released and she died in Feb, or the film was released in Feb and she died in March. And, I mean, Meena Kumari will forever be known by Pakiza, I, I think Sushant will forever be known for, for probably Kai Poche and Son Chidiya. Uh, yeah, that's there is one that. person who acts in this film, which Abhinandan, you know his name. Wait, I have to tell you. Do you remember the news readers, the old news readers, which is Rini Simon and all? Yeah, yeah. There was a there was that very good looking man, the bearded one, Tijinder. Yeah, he was the villain in that uh, <gasps> Nasiruddin Shah film. Uh, really? I forget. Yeah. Okay, now other than Jalwa, he, I think he was a, I think he was the villain in Jalwa. Jalwa. No, but other shut up. Other than him, there was this really thin guy who had a very prominent. Sunita, Adam, he's the doctor. Yeah. So he's the doctor. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I, I saw the film. You are making it seem as if I didn't see the film. You watched the film. Yes, I did watch the film. You you keep thinking that I'm always listening, but I did watch the whole film and I watched it. I wonder time. why I would think that you did and not. And Sunil Tandon is not of Tejinder Khanna's generation. So Sunil, uh, Sunil, Sunil Tandon is a much more recent, I mean, although he was also Doodarshan. He's, he's not as old as them. He's, he's not as old as Salma thing. Sultan and all. He's not Tejinder Khanna, Salma Sultan. Oh, no, because I sort of remember them all reading. Yeah, he was, I think he was the younger generation when they were at their prime, but yeah. But that's he, he right now is the chairman of the India Habitat Center or something. He's he's got oh. some. Yeah. No, so he acted quite well, I have to. Not that it required great skill what his, but his he acted well enough. Moving on, um, since we are reviewing um, people into theater like the, uh, like like Sunit, I just want to read this email out from a non-subscriber. So Vaishnavi, first of all, she is calling us sir and ma'am. Says Dear Abhinandan sir and Rajshri ma'am. I'm a non-subscriber. Before I get hurled at, I'd want you to know I'm 20 years old, just graduated and navigating my way through unemployment and occasionally freelancing in order to finance my education further. So Vaishnavi, no problem. In fact, um, I will offer you a, as part of our sponsor a student program. I have your email. Uh, we shall give you a three-month free subscription that we offer to, subs uh, to students. For those of you who are earning and don't know, we have almost a dozen people who regularly support subscription sponsorship for students. So students who are not earning yet can write in with their college ID, their name, uh, and uh, these sponsors actually support those student subscriptions because uh, I think by the middle of August, uh, Hafta and a lot of other content will be going behind a paywall. So Vaishnavi says, um, I'm writing to you regarding the review of Hamilton musical from the latest awful and awesome episode. As someone who has been active in the field of theater, Hamilton is sacred to me and I would have loved it had Abhinandan sir, a former thespian himself, watched it. So, <laughs> so Rajshri, have you... He's very young. 
Uh, have you passed out? Are you choking? No, Did I'm choking. Know? So they'll get me my smelling salts. I'll be fine. But oh. Espion, you must not use words loosely. That's all I'm saying. No, Vaishnavi, I will be honest with you. Had bad acting been a crime, I would have got capital punishment. Just saying, based on one play that I did. But, but um, so he says. So she says also, Rajshri ma'am didn't watch it uh, entirely, which is a bit sad because the play unfolds beautifully towards the latter half with a lot of plot twists and sublime compositions. If you watch it further, you'll realize that they address Hamilton's infidelity in his marital life and how he was responsible for his first son's death. It may definitely look like the writer is glorifying slave owners, but like Mr. Sekri said, there is only so much we can judge the past on the basis of today's value systems. It should also be known that Lynn manuel Miranda has validated the said allegations. Also, I personally love the fact that the casting has not been done on the basis of ethnicity or color, but purely on the basis of talent. Rennie Goldsberry plays Angelica Schuller. I may be getting the pronunciation wrong, um, just letting you guys know. David Diggs plays the character of Thomas Jefferson. Both the actors are of black origin and bring white historical figures to life with sheer brilliance of their performance. Most importantly, majority of the musical falls in hip-hop genre, which again, is a brilliant and significant biracial metaphor used by the writer. Alexander Hamilton might come across as a problematic historical figure, but the current day execution of his story is made highly democratic by the writer. Moreover, what runs parallel is the conventional American patriotism by protagonizing the founding father of America, who was essentially in America's struggle to freedom. The past cannot be changed, but Miranda's retelling of past is very progressive from a certain perspective. If the political correctness, which is standardized in today's narrative, is set aside, there are more patterns which will emerge. Like the fact that Miranda did not sell rights to Hamilton musical to be adapted into a movie, but instead brought the Broadway experience closer to the people who cannot afford it. As audience in the 21st century, we have moved past the inaccessibility factor. Plus, the elitism that Broadway reeks of is highly outdated and condescending to the art of theater. By releasing live recording of the play, Miranda did brilliant moment marketing and also brought theater to the audience in a pandemic when it is impossible to access live performances. I would love to write at length about how there is so much more to this musical than the ongoing accusations and controversies. The literary details and intricacies of this musical make it sacrosanct for many theater enthusiasts across the world. Little things like the choreographed movement of props and lyricism and costumes and gorgeous set design and lighting, the fact that it took six long years to write the entire musical along with almost 50 respective songs, allusions to the recurring theme of immigrant lives, since Miranda is a second generation immigrant himself. However, I'd like to stop here and not make this mail's length unbearable. I love your podcast. Hope you keep up the good work. Look forward to more episodes. Vaishnavi, thank you so much for such a wonderful review of Hamilton. I'm sorry I didn't watch it, but, uh, you know, like I said, on uh, I, I, I find the experience of a laptop extremely frustrating. So I only watch that what I must. I will still save Hamilton if I can get the full theater experience. If, inshallah, God willing, someday. So Rajshree. Uh, let's quickly move on, but I have this very small mail from Mohit. Yeah. He says, uh, would love to know your thoughts on this angle of the nepotism debate. Most Indians are considered self-made, are products of middle-class privilege and nepotism. Is there any self-made Indian dollar billionaire who is a Dalit? Any top self-made actor in Bollywood who is a Dalit? Any Indian American CEO who is a Dalit? If not, how self-made are these self-made people? Regards, Mohit. So, Mohit, I uh, completely agree with you. I have actually had this view for a very long time that when we use the word self-made, we use it very loosely. 
um it takes a village to make someone successful uh and i can tell you from i mean i won't say i'm successful in life but whatever little opportunities i got i got because of access so success in my view is an outcome of access that doesn't mean you don't work hard but you incentivized to work hard because you know you your hard work will be noticed by someone if you have no hope like eklavya did or like barbarik did that there was no, would be no krishna to prop him up i am not sure how many people would actually work hard so i agree with you uh, nepotism works at different levels in different societies and different socio economic and cultural brackets but i don't know anyone who self made so okay should we move on to uh, the online series uh, should we go with the one that i also watched yes i think we should do that so guys i stumbled upon this i was actually honestly just you know i i go on netflix and i hover and when you hover on something it plays that little uh, hmm. trailer yeah i was intrigued by this trailer and i was like dude i i think they're taking the piss out of game of thrones or something so i clicked on it and a show called Norseman started playing we found a way west we will never again have a lean year no matter how coolly the substitute chieftain manages the village while i'm away farewell brother Look, who dares to brew their own chieftain try firing an arrow with really cold fingers yourself before you start brewing and i was blown away and i'm you know rashi i don't watch things back to back i usually yeah. I finish a series in a week. I'll watch one episode, one and a half episodes, and half an episode. I think I watched about two or three episodes in one stretch, and then I watched the other three episodes over uh-huh. the week. So I finished one season in a week. But it is only six. By your account, I yeah. finished the second season also. I it's only six episodes per season and thirty yeah. minutes. They're very short episodes. So I'll give you a little bit about the show first. It is set in somewhere in the late seven hundreds. Seven ninety, seven hundred and ninety. Yeah, seven ninety, and and uh, they are Vikings, I guess, set in Norway. Yeah. Uh, of this village and this chieftain, who are you know Vi- Vikings who go plundering and pillaging, and raping and looting. It is created by John Ivor Helgaker. I don't know how how you pronounce Nordic names. Yeah, and don't try. It's very difficult. Jonas Togerson. um and written by the two people who in my view must be the most brilliant people in europe because mm-hmm. to be able to pull off a show so funny which is so politically incorrect and i think uh, this character uh, the nils jorgen kalstad who plays arvid i yeah. I, i liked arvid as the blumbering second in command rather than the chief uh, i <laughs> but he'll be a blumbering he's a blumbering chief also but so it's basically about this uh, viking village norheim and there's a villain i really like that villain yalvag he's a proper that's what villains are supposed to be like like he has a gray eye and he's truly evil he has gold teeth and all and uh, he wants to basically invade this village or they don't they rape and pillage and it's very politically incorrect because they talk about raping and pillaging very normally like even when they are in a committed relationship we would say who is because everyone should watch it it's a very clever show so when abhinandan told me to watch it it shocked me that he was watching an english show anyway but i thought it's a serious show 
Like it's so. There's a show on Netflix called The Vikings, which is a proper series, which is a fabulous show. Again, historical thing. You thought I was telling you what's this historical? Yeah, show. I was shocked. Also, because they, they, that's the clever part about this show that the credits, everything, the treatment is sort of like Game of Thrones. You get that feel, and it's beautifully shot. That village in yeah, Norway. I mean, it's stunning. The the locations, it's but Norway is beautiful. I mean, I don't know whether they've shot it in Norway, but it has. Yeah, enough. yeah, they shot it in Norway. They have shot it in Norway in this village. in not norheim but they started in a village in norway but it is just very very funny and there's a comment on everything marriage relationships management styles leadership so Work, working relationship working. so i'm just telling you a if you are queasy don't watch it it is not as bloody and disgusting as game of thrones but there it's is quite bloody still i mean yeah but there is some got eyeballs and all but you know now this is the thing that fascinated me rajshree and maybe our you know right uh, our listeners and subscribers can write in and explain if they do decide to watch it what is it because i can't put my finger on what makes it okay for this show not to get attacked the way little britain got attacked because i mean just to give you guys an idea of the kind of political incorrectness they have this is when because these are vikings and they are going around pillaging and raping uh so when this guy marries this woman after killing her husband because that's what you do hmm. uh they get people to lie around the house screaming or pretending they are dead and she's saying oh please spare my children but sure because he can't have sex normally there has to be the sound there has of, to be the setting setting has, has to be the setting of blood and gore and the woman has to be resisting cuz only if he's raping her can he actually uh, so the wife is pretending and she's got slaves to pretending to be children running around so i mean then there is one long scene which is a very funny scene uh, which the the invaders are going to rape this guy's wife yeah now she wants to be raped where she wants yeah, to where she wants to be now the thing is you know little bit had to apologize everybody this has made fun of people who don't have arms who don't have legs it has tons Stupid of rape people joke. fat people fat people ugly people it has I mean, and it is very clever. And rape. What it made fun of rape throughout, from beginning to in the sense in their world, they yeah, are. Yeah, it's normal. You see, in their world, it's normal that we go pillage, we go rape, but and castration. Uh, and castration. This woman who goes around cutting off the dicks of monks. What what makes this okay and that not? I I really don't know because even some of the jokes here. Well, I can understand a rape joke that uses rape as a uh, as a as a point or a fulcrum to make fun of maybe patriarchy or sexism i get it then it's given a pass here many of the jokes are not making a broader point they no, just no, there's no broader own... point yeah so some of them some some are making a broader point but some aren't so there's this thing which is what i was telling you i think it's in the second season where they get together he and uh, that very nice looking woman froyo you know who's also a warrior i can't say w who's also a warrior and uh they arvid and she get together and she does ask she said so i get that like she really wants to be married to him she said but does this mean that when we go when we invade other places we can't rape and pillage anymore so he says no no why will we not rape people there that's not so she said oh thank god that's a relief but there's no larger point to it yeah it's just this so I just think it's really funny. And it's a cleverly done, like you know, they've got that Viking, like it's sort of historical in 
<laughs> like they've tried to be a little historically uh, pertinent, but it's very, very funny. And that Rufus from Rome. Rufus from Rome is so, yeah. oh my God, he reminds me of so many people I know. Yeah. Oh God. But the, who's, uh, who's the guy who's the brother of the former chieftain, the slime ball from hell? Orm. 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 <laughs> Orm is a guy who everybody dislikes. And you can see why everybody dislikes him. You know, this has certain stereotypes, like someone who likes theater and the finer things in life. Must be gay. Must be gay. You know, it has that stereotype. It's, it's fucking, you know, but it's, it's really very funny. funny. Listen, it's, it's damn really funny. funny. So yeah, do check it out. And I'd really like to know what, what many of our subscribers think, because I'm, I'm intrigued. How would this show get a free pass where a lot of people are hauled up for a lot lesser. Maybe people just haven't watched. Maybe an English-speaking audience is a smaller audience than the uh, whatever. I don't know what they speak in Norwegian-speaking uh, or the Scandinavian. What am I saying-speaking audience? But even Afterlife, when you watch Ricky Gervais's Afterlife, he makes a, it's very politically incorrect some parts because he makes fun of. Again, fat people, sad people, lonely people, everyone, people who are ugly people, who are not getting laid. Also, I don't know how some things get passed and some, because so I am a diehard fan of Little Britain. I thought it was very funny. I thought Ping Pong, who is the mail order bride, is hilarious. So I do feel people are very sensitive and I get that they are sensitive and they're little Britain now. They've had to apologize and say we need it to be removed and all that. But but Norseman is getting ready for another season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, really, I don't get it. Yeah. What, what, what is it? In some cases, it's okay. Some cases, it's not. I, I really don't. So it would be great if someone can explain it to us. But I highly recommend it. Um, it's, so do I. Don't be like that. Even I am saying so. Oh, great. Fantastic. Now, before Rajshree tells us about Suitable Girl, can I just take a couple of emails? Yeah, are you taking the ones which are abusing me? Of course. Among others. But no, I'm start with those because I, we were just talking about not getting... Right. Okay, fine. Okay, keep so, it with the team. This letter is from Siva. Siva says, Dear Mr. Sekri and Ms. Sen, I have been a long-time subscriber along with an occasional contributor to NL Sena projects. I love listening to all your podcasts and read your articles whenever time permits. Thank you, Siva. Thank you so much for your contribution to News Laundry and especially to NL Sena. By the way, guys, we have a new NL Sena project up that is about um, police brutality and custodial deaths. So do check it out. Thank you all who contributed to the Delhi riots, NL Sena. We've, I think, already got about four reports up or maybe five. Uh, and we'll have a bunch of them. For one month, we have two reporters just working on the, those stories. So do check out the new NL Sena projects. Go to newsrunny.com and click on the subscribe button or the Sena button. So Siva goes on to say, I have always enjoyed your Bengali Punjabi banter, mostly because there are both sides represented. So I was a bit taken aback when Miss Sen gave the following statement. This is a Tripura, Assam, Orissa thing. They all want to be Bengali, unquote. I'm Odia. I enjoy Odia, Hindi, Punjabi music. Huge fan of Purta Punjab, along with music from other parts of the world. Never have I ever felt need to be anything other than Odia. I have been to West Bengal many times and I've seen a few people there looking down on Odias. I did not expect Miss Sen to be one of them. Odisha has had a long struggle to form its own state and you have given two links of the history of the Odisha state. If Odias wanted to be called Bengalis, I guess they would not have done that. Anyway, I think Rasgulla GI tag fiasco 
has left a bitter taste in Miss Sen. As an aside, I wonder whether Miss Sen would claim Subhash Chandra Bose as a brethren, although he was born and brought up in Katak, Odisha. Okay, Just I have to interject here because history is your friend, everyone's friend. Katak Orissa, Subhash Chandra Bose is Bengali. Katak Orissa was part of the Bengal presidency at that time. So to be clear, not only is his genealogy Bengali, Orissa, Katak was at that point in Bengal presidency. One must read up on history before making a point. Oh, then carry on. Just requesting to try and refrain from generic comments, especially there is no one present to defend the other side. I think Twitter is a more appropriate place to express one's personal vindictiveness. Thanks and regards, Sivya Satendra Sahu. So that is one, Rajshri Sen. Would you like to... Oh, yeah, yeah, read the other because I have a response. Huh? Ankita says, Hi, Abhinan Rajshri. I've been a subscriber to News Laundry for quite a few months and I really enjoy listening to this podcast. Some extremely insensitive comments were made in last week's episode and I feel it definitely needs to be addressed. In the last episode, Rajshri mentioned, and I quote, This is a Tripura Assam Odisha thing. They all try to be Bengalis. Seriously, did you just dismiss ethnicity just like that? I am Bengali, hailing from Tripura. My ancestors were Bengali who migrated from the state of Bangladesh, pre-independence like many other Bengalis at the time. It has been far too long a debate now whether the people mostly from West Bengal are looked down upon and not considered Bengali enough. Oh, sorry. People from West Bengal look at yeah. people from Bangladesh. Uh, no hate for you, ma'am. I don't think anyone gets to decide how much of Bengali we are. Uh, you go, don't get to decide that. You are someone I look up to. I'm sure a lot of people do, given the popularity of this podcast and, of course, your distinguished career. And for you to make such a regressive statement is irresponsible and hurtful. I so wish you knew better. Uh, thanks, Ankita. Rajshri Sen, both are, both yes. are for you. So I just want to say one, uh, you must understand when someone's being facetious. Two, I make enough fun of Bengalis. Three, one cannot be so sensitive. And I just want to point out, I found the article also, and I'm going to yeah, ask our producer to include the link before uh, below this. It's an article which was written in 2012 by Indrajit Hazra called Uf Rashtrapati Bhavan when Pranam Mukherjee became president. And the article was about how we they had thought that an Oriya person would become president and then Pranav got, uh, was made president. And his entire article was about, like, it's horrible that Pranav has become president. At least the Oriyas to be won up by someone, by a Bengali is like horrible. So he's actually making fun of us Bengalis that we've done nothing worthwhile. Hmm. As a result, three Orissa federations wrote in to Vineet Jain wanting to sue the paper and this one for saying, so you must understand humor. It is a good thing. I get that you're upset, but you have Ram Kinkor Bed, you have Shonjukta Panigrahi and lots of other well-known people. Why be bothered about what someone else says? We only have Rabindranath Tagore. Okay. Also, I mean, on this, I'll win. I mean, of course, I, I can't decide who gets offended by what. But there is a certain, uh, I, I think it's also got to do, I mean, I'm not sure, you know, why some things work, some things don't, some people get offended, some don't. A, I think it has to do with power dynamic, one, because, I mean, for example, Biharis have been made fun of throughout. I mean, at least in my growing up years, Udiya wasn't a stereotype that was made fun of, nor was, Bengali was, especially in the uh, circle. Yeah. But, 
in, in no not just also in generally in 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 ads and production and also mm-hmm. like you, you know every creative director yeah. is a bong and they'll start talking bong in the middle of a meeting assuming you know bengali and you and like, we are called atel atel is a very mean thing to say about intellectual we think we are very intellectual but i, I was just you know wondering in fact i didn't discuss this that when we were discussing the uh, tripura chief minister statement there was no response from the from amrinder singh saying that hmm. tripura chief minister should be made to apologize as pm should resign uh, there was no response from any punjabi organization that i am aware of mm-hmm. that staged a dharna outside tripura bhavan or outside the chief minister's house uh, sardar jokes have been a staple all my life my bet is if any chief minister says anything about marathi culture hmm. or marathis or marathas i am quite certain there is going to be a protest outside that chief minister's house or outside that bhavan in delhi yeah by marathis because i think i think what happens is certain um, places it becomes a response like i think maratha it's a response you say anything about maharashtra or marathi or maratha there'll be a and i think that was made popular by bal thakre that you cannot say anything no. about marathis i don't think that has been like put in motion in punjab like you can say what oh, the fuck bengal odisha has this thing bengal bangladesh oh, I, I would, bengal also don't flatter yourself you're not that much you, there, there'll be but that's um, what i'm saying na <laughs> What is the big deal? Everyone says about Bengalis also. Bengali women are nags. Bengali men are lazy lumps. Bengali men are always cuckolded. The things people all based in truth, though I have to say. Well, no, all the lies, not but some are sure. <laughs> so, so uh, by the way, thank you guys for writing. So do feel free to articulate your views. I, yeah, I, yeah, we don't mind. like i said i don't think uh, you know anyone gets to decide what one takes offense to i can uh, only say uh, rajshree and i i know i don't i know rajshree doesn't we don't change our view based on because someone may or may not be offended yeah, but, but that's yes. me also you know that but yes but if someone points out when i have been extremely hurtful like has been in the past i have no problem abhinandan points out that on twitter i write things that he thinks to how removed i am from reality I, I, i say it all the But time i yeah. don't like i'm like okay it's okay because the person it's targeted at i think is such an like i have my reasons for saying such anyway i don't take things i'll also tell you something i feel anyone who's had a sibling tends to be more thick skin because there is nothing that the outside world can tell you that is worse than what your sibling has put you through while growing up so we become a little thick skin abhinandan won't understand because he's a spoiled male younger child in his house right i'm right. a bengali daughter who has been neglected a lot so right that's the case so uh, another couple of mails this one is from vedahi dear abhinandan rajshree i've been a long time listener to your podcast and recent subscriber to news laundry your discussion about a suitable boy in your latest episode prompted me to write this mail like you i was a bit underwhelmed by the trailer of the upcoming show but i'm awaiting it with equal parts nervousness and high anticipation i first read a suitable boy 3 years ago and i'm currently in the middle of my third rereading i've been recommending the book to friends and acquaintances who enjoy fiction with the zeal of an evangelist i strongly urge both of you to give it a chance irrespective of how the series turns out uh, okay i'll definitely watch it because i remember whether you're right i also enjoyed the book a lot when i read it back then but honestly i haven't reread it in all these years and then um, you go on to say to describe a suitable boy as a love story or a romance is to do it a grave disservice it is a rich novel that provides deep insight into the social economic and political life of newly independent india 
some of these aspects continue to be relevant today. It delves into the impact of partition on the lives of Hindus who returned and Muslims who stayed back, caste hierarchies and the condition of the untouchable castes involved in the local shoemaking industry, legal battles and political maneuvers in passing laws for redistribution of land and property from large landlords and life in rural North India with deceptive ease. These are complex issues that any teenager, even one who is as precocious a teenager as Abhinav will not be able to comprehend and appreciate. Hence, I urge you both to read the book. I'm sure it will enrich your experience of watching the adaptation. Thanks, Vaidahi. Uh, I can't promise I will because I remember it's a really thick book. Uh, Rajshri, have you read it or will you have to reread it or is it on first reading? It will be my first reading because when I started reading it, I also got put off because it seemed a little, which I've been told is unfair. It seemed a little like Femina, Eve's Weekly, and this whole concept of a woman. Like, it's a Jane, I don't like Jane Austen and all these, you know, that these women looking to get married and what they go through and all. It just bores me, but I will read it because. But it's no, but fat. Just so you know, yeah, it's very fat, but just so you know, you know, Jane Austen, all those novels that you don't like are quoted in uh, Thomas Piketty's book, Capital. That's uh, good for him. I'm happy no, that he has. And, but... you know, and, and why? And I'll tell you why. Because the point where he makes these novels, actually the ones that are really well written, are a very good and accurate. Uh, what am I saying? Uh, what's the, the word? Fiction I'm of fiction, uh, fiction of the life at that time. So I agree, but I'd rather read another book than about some true. woman and. Like, you know, Darcy and all to me was terrible. I just find this man you're hankering after and then he doesn't love you. And then there's another man like, I'm like, shut up and get on with it. But I like Wuthering Heights is my favorite, one of my favorite books. And Heathcliff is one of my favorite male characters, just in case anyone's Just because he's a bigger dick than Darcy. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> so, it explains my love life very well. <laughs> this is what I think is like Red Butler. I thought Red Butler is a fabulous man and he's not, frankly. Okay, so now uh, why don't you tell us about this suitable girl? Was yes. this like, this, they just tried to cash in on the suitable boy's success? What's, what's no, the No, no. So, so suitable girl is the precursor to Indian matchmaking. It is a proper documentary, which is not. So I thought Indian matchmaking was very funny, especially when they do the list of requirements of each person because that's very funnily done so when someone is saying seriously i don't want a boy who uh, d uh who travels too much the way it's listed on the things is written in a very funny way so there was a sense of humor in that so a suitable girl is made by the same person who has made indian matchmaking her name is smriti mundra and it was made by her and Sarita Khurana. It was shown at the Tribeca Film Festival, made in 2017, basically. It was shown in 2017. And it has Seema Aunty, who is the matchmaker in Indian matchmaking, who everyone is uh, either hating or loving. I love Seema Aunty because she is very clear. Like she says, you know, the girl has to, like she's just very difficult. Hmm. If she's not going to adjust beyond, and she needs to, because I've been told this by someone, a few people. An article was written once about me, Abhinanda. Do you remember? My friend Leher Kala had written an article. Yeah, that she can't process be so difficult. You have to adjust. If she's difficult and she keeps talking back, then Rajishi will stay single. I was very proud that I had made it to a column, a full column on Rajishi's single. But the, but the truth is the truth. Such the is truth like is the truth. So the same way, Seema auntie like Leher Kala, also says she has to change the way she speaks. Na? If she doesn't change, then who will marry? 
and thoda to adjust karna hai you have so to it, so it's a documentary it's one this is so this is a documentary of seema aunty before seema aunty's name is spelled s i m a now this is when seema aunty was s w e m a chapadia and it's about three women it just follows the marriages or the weddings one is a marriage and two up women getting married uh of what do you mean one is a marriage and one or two women getting married as in one is a marriage she's married it's, it's it's following the marriage once yeah, yeah, that way who are shaadi ho rahi hai abhi yeah they are trying to get married who they are going to marry so one of the people is seema aunty's own daughter she's already seema aunty's already a matchmaker but she's living like the house you see in indian matchmaking is very different from the flat seema aunty is living in in uh, this thing a suitable girl and so you see also why she she is quite sensible i have to give seema aunty this one seema aunty clearly is an entrepreneur who've come a long way yeah yeah she's come a long way but she works with there are certain things i like the same that same astrologer in indian matchmaking who says avinandan you haven't watched it he says so there's an astrologer she goes to and there's a dilipankal and there's a they all uncle auntie like in india how we call people uncle auntie and there's another man who's named janardhan janardhan the astrologer so one is a face reader and the other is an astrologer okay so uh, like the astrologer says things like jupiter is driving your car right now that is the problem and jupiter gets up you will get married also so all these people are people simanti has been working with since then so one of the women is dipti who is uh, i think 30 years old or so and she lives in i thought it was bombay but i read a review which says delhi but it clearly looks like bombay to me she stays in a small flat with her parents she's a teacher and she desperately wants to get married and nobody wants to marry like she keeps either not getting responses or keeps getting rejected because she's overweight and you know you get that feeling of desperation that she has to just get married mm. that that is the end goal and yeah and it's not like one hasn't seen it in our lives you know the, the, the thing is and it's not just restricted to a gender why i said in the last time yeah. maybe you see it more in women but i have seen a desperation to get married among people around me since i've been you know since 20s to now and i get it uh, which is why i thought the judginess of of people on on this indian matchmaking i didn't get Uh, anyway so no, is so it this, so there's this woman then there's simanti's own daughter ritu who is a financial consultant who works with ernst and young who wow. and that 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 she says you she's not bursting with enthusiasm to get married but it's like a rite of passage and the boy she marries is from dubai he's a financial consultant and to the camera he says he said you know i wish i was born european then i wouldn't need to get married so early and I'd most probably marry someone else and this girl is sitting calmly and she said we have the same interests we can have conversations and uh, this so is the really it's not fashion and love that is no no all this is i know people who have met people for arranged also there's this whole concept of modern arranged marriages in india which is what i couldn't understand why are people so appalled i know people who were claiming to be appalled by this show who have had what is called a modern arranged marriage their parents introduced them yeah. to for the end aim of getting married not to bonk each other they yeah. were just allowed the freedom that you have been introduced now it's up to you how you take it forward so i know people who've gone and lived with someone else for 6 months but yeah. 
the only reason they have been introduced to the person is or, to be completely mad so yeah. now you're suddenly you're upset because they are showing reality for what it is and reality shows are not reality i think no no but if you if you agree to be a part of a reality show you win any case at all so right but so the third character and this is a woman who marries for love she is a working woman and she says on camera and they have a very nice marriage like they really get along and they are in love and she says i'm getting like you know my husband so progressive that he said that even though she's going to some small village in she's from delhi she's going to some small place in i've never heard of this place 400 miles away that i can keep working but when she gets married and goes to that family and she does all her duties very palto like, Yeah, no, and with a smile on her face, but she says, "I can only wear sarees." And her father-in-law is a politician, and so they have to help with his campaigning. And she can't work because there is no job to be done there. But it follows the lives of these three women. It is very, it actually so unlike Indian matchmaking, which has a lot of male candidates they are following. This is just women from the women's point of view. It is this is what a lot of women go through. i would say almost 80% of women go through it is this is a proper documentary though there is nothing fictitious funny nothing at all in this and i would strongly advise people watch it if you are watching and if you are having serious uh, like discussions about i find it listen i've written articles on a lot of things in my life and i've written on matrimonials also but it's fun. you cannot be having a thesis discussion on this it is a reality show about a practice which is prevalent in india which is not foreign to us you're analyzing it like oh my god and you know dowry and like really it's these people But have a and that's just one aspect of it uh, so i would just like to there was a mail about this hey abhinandan this is about brown sahiba making a claim that love marriages on tinder marriages are the same as arranged marriages uh, arranged marriages marriage alliances are anything but it is a way to simply preserve endogamy remember that unlike tinder or love marriages weirdly a concept only visible in third world country like ours arranged marriages happen under certain strictly enforced guidelines like matching class and sadly in india class and caste go hand in hand as soon as a woman controls who she is she could become a bridge between caste and class if she chose to be and therefore a threat to patriarchy where power class and property rights flow from father to son doctor daughter is only used as a tool to strengthen caste alliances of course many modern upper caste hindus especially pretentious bengalis would scoff at this but the rate of intercaste marriages even as recently as 2015 was merely 5.82% and there have been no upward trends over the past four decades and this takes into account alliances between two different but upper castes too arranged marriages exists because caste exists we can never ever get rid of arranged marriages till there is caste pure and simple endogamy that is marriage within caste hmm. defines the caste system and our religion that does not mean that indians marrying for love definitely break caste barriers because it is a subconscious after all that how you speak any language the accent to speak any language and if you can speak any language like say english can also identify caste the class slash caste structure that has always existed albeit invisibly has created an us versus them which means that even when people like us fall in love the traits we look for and find attractive are part of us therefore love marriage in india have not yet been able to break the hegemony of caste but at least it can if perhaps given more space because if the woman or man can move from an us to them she also puts a dent in the narrative of superior manliness of the original group the woman can by choosing a partner that is not from her class also vote against the idea of supremacy of the class 
in a deeply unequal and casteist society like ours, the woman becomes the only bridge that can connect two families. Think of all the stories of European kingdoms of even Mughals marrying to build alliances. Therefore, for those who have power, it becomes imperative that con they control women's sexuality and ensure that redistribution of power or wealth does not need to be done by way of marriage. Any sexual rebellion by the women can harm the painfully constructed system of class. Uh, and I mean, yeah, you basically Raj goes on to make that point, and uh, it is a little long the mail, so I'll just you know go into the last few lines saying I do not write hoping this will change anyone's mind especially those who think they know everything that there is to know, like the lady who hosts the show, but I'm writing this in hope. Someone who heard that episode felt angry at the naivety of an upper class elite speaking pointlessly knows that some other people felt the same way. This is Raj Shikhar Sen. So Raj, I'll say this. I agree with you on certain bits. I disagree on certain. I think you have completely boxed this in that it is only caste that makes arranged marriages a thing. I don't think that's true at all. I think that's demonstrable. Most people that I know got into arranged marriages because they just don't have the social life or the kind of personality to go out and meet people. Uh, they did not marry within their caste. Some of them, some of them did. But like you said, in our country, caste and class are intertwined in a sense because most people who are privileged and are speaking in a language which does the us versus them have education because of accident of birth. But... I don't think that is why the only reason arranged marriages exist. And I think arranged marriages are becoming a thing in the West rather than we becoming less arranged marriage centric because of the lives we live and the closer and closer groups that we are interacting with. Uh, Rajshree, your yeah. So I have a viewpoint which upsets everyone who is on an online dating app. And I think people on online dating apps need to be less sensitive about this. It's cool. It's your choice to be on an online dating app. It's my choice not to be on an online dating app. If you for even one second or anyone on an online dating app does not accept the fact that the way in which you are choosing the person you are choosing to interact with is absolutely superficial then you are deluding yourself you are also choosing a person on on tinder you are not going to be dating the if you are a ceo of a company as a woman you are not going to be swiping right on the panwala it is the same it is not a more egalitarian society on tinder one two people getting into arranged marriages i know people much like abhinandan they might be different people who have married forget not the same cars they have married people from other religions nowadays arranged marriage is very modern arranged marriage and i have love marriages in my my grandmother had a love marriage my mother had a love marriage i therefore just didn't marry i was so appalled that they'd had love marriages as a <laughs> marriage but my mother married someone who was my mother is a brahmin my father was not my grandmother was a brahmin my grandfather was not their classes might have been the same, but my grandfather was upper class. You could say my grandmother was upper middle class. So class was similar, but caste was not part of it. So I don't think in a certain, there's no one way of slotting it, but arranged marriages are not always caste based nowadays. They are not community based. People want partners. It's a, a very human reaction to want to be with someone. And sometimes you would rather someone else do that hard work for you of finding someone. And it's okay. I don't judge them. It works. Don't make them. I don't get this arranged marriage hate that this show has triggered. Because 
like Rajshree said, I get it that matrimonials in newspapers are about caste, girl wanted, bride, and there's patriarchy. Yes, it exists, but patriarchy exists. Caste is a huge, uh, you know, influencer of picking a match. But that is not unique to arranged marriages. When I look around, not many people I know have picked someone completely outside their class yeah. to get married. Uh, and when you talk about people choosing someone, a partner, a woman, uh, financial security is a big, has a big part to play. Hmm. Uh, it may not be very uh, fashionable to say it or may not be politically correct. And I also don't grudge that to anybody. So I don't get this shitting on arranged marriage thing. Like I, I, you know, and has been said very well by, by Anil Kapoor, I don't know whose voice it was back in the day that see, actually not everybody marriages, marries for love. I think you're very fortunate if you marry for love, but you're also ma- married to get out of a horrible house that married yeah. a ticket outside a horrible uh, father, a horrible mother, a horrible brother. This is my ticket to get out of my country. This is my ticket to get out of my village. Just yeah. like that other film, uh, that, that series, that digital series about that phone, phone uh, you know, when they make asses of people's credit cards. I did, yeah. She wanted to get married is to get out of her village. Whatever it yeah. was called, doesn't matter. So, you know, because Rajshri Zen, Har kisi ko nahi milta ya So that is not the only reason people get married and that's fucking all right. What is the problem? Also, the other thing I just want to, you know, everyone's kind of, oh my God, it's so patriarchal what they've drawn. In Indian matchmaking, first of all, watch all six episodes. My first suggestion to everyone. Second, use your brain when you're watching it because you're not supposed to use your brain. It's an entertaining show. There are multiple women in that show who are rejecting people for his divorce. He's ugly. He's not earning money. He traveled one woman who I love, Aparna says, who Leher would to hate absolutely because she has lots of opinions, this Aparna. She says, why would anyone marry a funny man? Like what is wrong with people? I hate humor. She says these. I I saw that. That was in the first episode. I saw that. It is. Listen, there are as many women rejecting as the, the men are real losers in this show. Some of them, the only nice guy is gets rejected by a woman for no reason. She just says, I don't feel you have enough focus in your life. And, and yeah, Raj, and I, I'm not saying that this means that patriarchy and casteism doesn't exist, but that is not the only prism that everybody sees the world through. While that is an important prism of decision-making and that decision-making is not only limited to arrange marriages. It is also you end up meeting people because the parties you go to, the parties you go to depend on the social set you belong to. The social set yeah. you belong to depending on, depends on the class you belong to. So, like I said, I don't get, there's, in my view, if you are casteist or classist, you are that in life, not only in marriage. That is how you are. And arranged marriage is a way to find companionship and it's all right. But uh, I would strongly recommend Watch a Suitable Girl because it's a really good documentary. Uh, before we finish with a really shitty tea ad, I don't, I can't pronounce this name. Olivia de Havilland died. She was the, at the ripe old age of 104, the last surviving star of Gone with the Wind. And I found out, uh, there was an article in Time that her father was a lawyer who actually sued uh, Warner Brothers 
and broke the studio hold over stars so her father did not sue she sued on her brothers her father left the family when she was very young and went to live with his japanese mistress in tokyo olivia de havilland was under a contract which uh, with warner brothers and with the backing of screen actors guild she sued warner brothers and she won it's called the de havilland law and uh, the law basically it still exists though that you can be under contract for 7 years but the way warner brothers and all the other uh, studios used to do this is that it was 7 years with break so she was under contract with them from 1936 to 1943 and uh, she like every time she wanted to act in another film you had to take permission basically and they'd loan you out the star out and she was told not to take the studio on because she would never work again but she did take them on and she won and the rule was changed to it has to be 7 years so whatever the year starts and if there are breaks in that year that's too uh, bad then and uh, but she did not work for two years after that so she did not get any parts but after that she won both her oscars she won after that for to each his own and the heiress and uh, then she lost so her claim to fame so she in gone with the wind melanie wilkes character is the one i despise the most it's the kind of woman i feel like slapping all the time but she played it beautifully <laughs> and she used to play these very like vanilla good characters usually and uh, it was because that's what warner brothers used to let her sign up for they didn't let her sign up for other roles and uh, then when she broke the as in this law got changed then she started acting in other films and so on but her contribution to films is one this and her fight with her sister is just it's the staff of legend so when they were kids she used to cut up her sister's dresses and give those cut pieces to her sister and her sister had to stitch them back herself to wear them so she torture her and she was made to write a will in although this is quite a cruel thing to make children do in class like you know write a mock will so she wrote to my sister i bequeath my beauty because she has none of her own so she was really nasty to her sister she was not nice and they both got nominated for oscars the same year and she lost they didn't her. get on even in hollywood right they had a very yeah uh, yeah so they got they both uh, got nominated and joan fontaine was in this thing she was in rebecca you've seen rebecca right i haven't seen the film i've read oh you must it's on netflix it's fabulous that film is just fabulous i in fact that is one of the that's the one that starts off with it was it, i was back in what's the name Mandalay. of i uh, was back in man that starts with that yeah. Right? Yeah. it's one of the most beautiful books yeah it's one of my favorite books actually read it yeah. so the film is very good the film the way they shot that film and the way you know her character what is her name mrs danvers i think the the uh, governor yeah, the the governor's right yeah it's just very, it's a very very well made film so yeah so i mean one thing that i read about this lady i was that she quit at her peak and they were playing some old interview of hers and she was like um, you know people say don't you miss hollywood and she was like no because when i was i started working when i was so young and i never got to experience life now i'm living my life so clearly her life was very different from her stage life which is a trap many stars fall into that that becomes your only life so and note so what you were saying about her father they basically had a horrible childhood so the they were born in tokyo these two girls 
and then they shifted with the father they shifted to i think america and I think then father one, was a lawyer right yeah yeah most right father was a lawyer but then he when they were one year old so she was two and the sister was one he left and he went back to tokyo to live with his japanese mistress and so her father's name was haviland de haviland the mother got married again to this man whose surname was fontaine and she never forgave her sister for that also she said how can you take his name so she had lots of, like she but when you she was a colorful character yeah yeah and till last year so there was this show which we reviewed on called feud which is the uh, war between joan crawford and betty davis the rivalry so she is in that catherine zeta jones plays olivia de havilland and she sued fx she said you all have put words in my mouth which she she sued them for defamation and she didn't win but she so i saw an interview around i think 4 5 months back and she was cycling she's like yeah. a fit she was a fit, fit yeah yeah she she was strong yeah so it's uh, i'm very impressed by her personal life how because she's such a nasty person that also yeah yeah like me and yeah. but that melanie wills which was one of her most famous roles is like it's the character which i both ashley wills and melanie wills are two characters i despise but that's the way uh, so one trivia is there that margaret mitchell had said who wrote con with the wind she had said when it became when the book became a big uh, hit right and a best seller she said i find it shocking that people want to be like scarlet and red buckler because they are the most despicable characters i've written the characters who are virtuous are the other two who everyone is saying yuck about so so moving on this email is from ruchi she says after my first mail to you about chaman bahar i was looking forward to hearing what you had to say about it however two things happened my feedback on chaman bahar didn't get picked up ruchi didn't it because i remember i read like two or three mails on chaman bahar i thought you read it maybe it wasn't ruchi's uh, but i'm sorry if i missed that uh second thing is my sorry first thing is my feedback on chaman bahar didn't get picked up and second you actually recommended breathe and she has the sad emoji the only comment i wish to make in this mail is that if it's going to be a trend then soon i will be listening to often and awesome to make sure what is not to be watched please note that i will still be listening in i don't want to spend time explaining what was not right in the show and there are so many good things to do in life even in the covid hit period thanks ruchi thank you for your subscription thanks for your support i like i said i thought breathe i, I quite enjoyed it rajshree hated it so uh, you can listen to her recommendations for future but i thought if it hadn't been for abhishek bachchan it could have been a all outstanding show so because you said this abhinandan every other day i sit down to watch when i'm having dinner i sit I down can't. To, i can't i can't understand maybe you were feeling very generous maybe, I, i think covid is doing different things to different people yeah. some people are getting less patient some people are getting more patient some people are getting impatient but um, on which i'll talk to amitav i mean his his response is quite disgusting in my view but maybe like i said you know covid is making people very impatient and then they're reacting and snapping at things that they may not ordinarily have done in the past so um this email is from kunal he says uh, we should watch a music video called chitta by prabdeep it's a rap song it's very political and because it's punjabi i like it and he says on second thoughts i might not like it because the most prominent metaphor used is related to dogs and abhinandan hates dogs kunal ghai kunal first of all bro you know rajshree you say something often enough that is false people start believing it but I that is how history is made you say something often enough it becomes the truth i don't hate dogs dude i just don't 
He hates I don't, my dogs. I don't think they belong in my bed or their fur <laughs> belongs on my clothes or they I I I I have adopted a dog in office for heaven's sake. I'll feed them. I'll give them food, water. I'll pet but them. But Abhinandan feeds like he throws the food. And after dog. that, I'll go wash my hands. I will not have it lick my face. I I I I don't like that. It's that simple. So Kunal, I was very impressed by this sentence because you have summed me up so well. It is in Punjabi, so Abhinandan might like it, and it is a fine piece of art. So Rajeshri might enjoy it as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy that after all the hate I've got in the earlier mails about being in someone, someone thinks you are an art connoisseur. Then Nithila, who logs in through a mother's subscription, which is fine, mm-hmm. she has to say basically is that upon hearing Abhinandan's pronunciation of Veshti, I had to pause the audio, take a deep breath, and calm myself down before I could resume listening, only to hear Rajshri, who is 0% Tamil. In correcting Abhinandan, who is 50% Tamil. Thank you for that, Rajshri. I would not have survived listening to Abhinandan pronounce it as Veshti for the fourth time. Also, it is Lungi and not Lungi. No, no. So here, listen in Bengali, it's Lungi. Anyway, either way, <laughs> I have no interest. That apart, I highly second the recommendation to watch The Man from Earth. I'm not sure if either of you will like it, but it is such a great film and a fantastic story. You know what, uh, Nitila, you're the third person who's recommended it this week. You know, I think Rajshri, we should watch it. Let's put it on the list. I think it's online. I've been told it's online. This is the third uh, person who's actually recommended it. Uh, so I definitely want to check it out. Okay. And uh, then she goes on to say, love your podcast and the banter between the two of you. I must say, I really admire how Abhinandan's views on gender and sexuality have changed with time. I remember listening to the first few discussions on trans people that the two of you had and the feeling and had feeling of you had and feeling very uncomfortable with the statements that I was making. Your openness to learn and sincerely engage with different viewpoints is heartening in a society that seems to be becoming more and more inward looking every day. Yes, Nitala, I don't think there's anything wrong with um, learning something new as long as it makes sense to you, but not to pander. Uh, that I think one should be clear about. And Prabhjot has one last email. He says, skipping the usual spiel of how much I love you guys. I'm a subscriber. Should I say of my lifestyle choices to be an annual subscriber? Brrrah! Isn't most choices in life uh, can be called out by generalizations such as individual life choice or personality. Therefore, I felt let down by your recent review of Indian matchmaking. Just by calling it out as a lifestyle choice, generalization and a rant on marriage society, you missed an opportunity to dissect the marriage in Indian pop culture context. I would love to hear your gyan on marriage in Indian pop culture context, including the personal experience and evolution of your thought on relationships, marriages. I agree with you that the series is trash and could be made more real and nuanced, but irrespective, I've binged on it. I think this is mostly because the series has been able to mirror the emotional roller coaster that one goes through in order to find an appropriate partner. The series was able to do this quite well by portraying diverse and, and extreme characters. Uh, I have never liked other TV reality shows. For me, the reason is that I cannot relate to the character and the experience in the shows. It's too phony. However, I can completely relate to the marital journey and experience. On marriage relationship, I think that the right lover can inspire and nurture you to be your best self. Inversely is also true. Also, life crises like marriage breakdowns give you a unique push and opportunity to reset and redefine your life. Fortunately for me, I have experienced both. True, I'm an incurable romantic and optimist. Last day, I also second the request from other listeners that you guys should create some form of ratings. Okay, ratings, Prabhjod, I can't promise because like I said, I, I mean, I may like something but still not rate it highly and I may dislike something but really want people to watch it. So I'll give it a low rating. So anyway, so um, Rajshri, uh, on marriage, yeah, your view since Prabhjod asked, 
it is we missed an opportunity to dissect the institution but you said you don't believe in the institution of marriage right isn't that yeah, i don't believe in the institution of marriage i never have really i just find it like i i feel it's very sad if you need the state to legally legally force someone to spend time with you i would assume that they would want to live with me without having to sign a document and have god and the state be witnesses to it and uh, i see no reason i understand it's a financial reason that's also that what was your modern and of loose character i'm of loose i'm bengali no that's the thing i'm bengali we bengalis are like this no so i'm not a fan of marriage although and i want to tell i think everyone should be like this that when i told my grandmother at the age of 27 who had had a love marriage herself by the way i said why don't you find a nice boy for me because i felt i was at a loose end i felt that also a rich boy can't harm anyone i must have been staying in one little hovel in delhi then so i felt a rich man would be nice and she said if you can live in a separate in a city by yourself and earn a living by yourself you can find a boy for yourself so right. you must be like that and you should not want the state to tell you that get like stay with someone and so i don't think it's a patriarchal institution not because of that i just find it odd that i'm legally bound it becomes so i know so many marriages where people are not splitting up because honestly just splitting everything up is going to be such a task that it's just easier to stay together and uh, and that's it so um, my view prabhjot and that is uh, different from rajshri's i i think marriage is a wonderful institution uh, it's just not for me i think people's uh, opinions get formed for a variety of reasons of what they see at various stages of their lives and also what they what their pursuit in life is i think the one mistake society makes is to assume everybody has the same pursuit whether that be money or stability or companionship but i do think that the like i don't know whether you you've seen moulin rouge it starts off with this voice over that the biggest thing or the most wonderful thing in the world is to love and be loved in return i think that is true if that can also result in marriage i think that's fantastic i think kids are the best thing that can happen to you they make you a better person they make they improve you and uh, usually this come after marriage though although in my family that's not necessarily the case uh, i have a sister who has never been married uh, but i think there is something to be said about companionship and family uh, for me family is my first priority and has always been i think that is because of my parents marriage whatever it was good bad nice not nice it had its phases uh, and that has given me something that i owe my prime commitment is to that and that formless thing family is because of marriage and there is an island in tobago wherever there was a npr podcast on it Mm-hmm. where actually you can go and occupy property that saying from here to here is mine and you build a fence and you live there because there's enough property nobody was asking for any paperwork now recently after a tsunami came and those people had to be rescued the new government has said now there has to be paperwork mm-hmm. so that society is outraged that how can something as basic as my land i don't need papers to prove this is my land so i think um, i i get the sentiment they're coming from but i think there is some merit to legal documents and it it keeps you rooted at times when your emotions may not so i i think marriage is a wonderful thing but the one thing i think is that everybody doesn't get married for the same reasons and you have to understand what is your pursuit i think one should know this is what my pursuit is this is what my motivation is and this is what i want out of life 
if all three are aligned for me it'll work so yeah i i if if you if you get a good match i think it's wonderful yeah so what you said about paperwork is exactly what i feel i don't need a paper to prove i know that's why i said it on, yeah that's why i said so it I, I because i have had very long very serious relationships and i i i think that being in love there's nothing like that but i'm be, uh, being in love with someone who's in love with you there's nothing like if you're in love with someone who's not in love with you that can't okay, that doesn't last yeah the thing is that in a no, country it does last so this is where i disagree with you i feel that there are some loves that last time space okay distance. you're right may, they may you i agree maybe yeah. there are so some, my, what i'm saying is what i'm saying is it doesn't for everybody yeah yeah okay. is, it lasts it there is no it it's like raj was saying there is no this is arranged marriage there is no this is love i agree i agree there is this love for some which lasts till they die for some it lasts 2 years and for the next 20 years it keeps them together because of paperwork and after 20 years when your children are grown up you are thankful that you stayed together because fuck we would not have had this yeah and and the deeply unequal society where i can just abandon someone who has uprooted their life and come it it keeps you it's like I work for my passion. Okay, then work without a fucking contract. No, you won't. You see, there are certain things that you need in life, and it, love is not enough all the time. Passion is not enough all the time. Yeah. So, in my view, maybe I've been lucky. I I feel that love can tide you through many things, but maybe I've been lucky on that front. But I have a problem with the paperwork aspect that I'm contractually bound to someone. So now, uh, Ray T, I'll quickly go over this. It's a really shitty ad. It's sixty seconds. The first ten seconds is a woman eating a banana. The last ten seconds is a man walking into his car, and in the middle forty seconds, the woman throws a banana peel. A man stops his car, picks up the banana peel, and today T logo comes. I don't know where Ashi finds such shitty ads, but I'll tell you. <laughs> I find it when I'm looking on YouTube for Taylor Swift's new song. This played as the ad before, and then I was so moved that I found just this ad link and I sent it because I was amazed that someone had made this ad and thought it would it would sell tea. This is you know where they got the idea from from that Jack Taylor Ho. I'm sure. And then <laughs> after this today tea, there is just this last thing I want to talk to you about is that Amitabh Bachchan who's in hospital for COVID, and I think it's a combination of. the online world has made us just nasty and extremely you know people are saying that i wish you die of covid and stuff and i mean i can understand i guess he's in locked up and being indoors is getting the worst out of people also so he wrote hey mr anonymous you do not even write your father's name because you do not know who fathered you there are only two things that can happen either i shall die or i shall live if i die you won't get to write your diatribe anymore by weathering your remark on a celebrity name pity for the reason of your writing to be noticed was because you took a swipe at amitabh bachchan so i a don't know i mean i don't understand how someone of amitabh's caliber still gets riled up by twitter trolls in fact this is true for a lot of very famous people i know even though they are super famous and have millions of followers they still get riled up because of someone said something to them on email or on twitter i find that fascinating and uh, this line you do not even because you don't know who fathered you what does this mean i'm not understanding it's, it's an old fashioned way to say tere baap kitne hai apne baap ka naam bhi nahi janta so i mean oh. I think, so while i think amitabh bachchan is one of the finest actors uh, and performers there is i i do think his personal conduct 
has too often left too much to be desired and this is another such case but who has yeah. demonstrated that in so many ways you know because when he's pushed around i mean what a thing to say it's just no no thick. also niku what you're saying that uh, why is he getting so riled up by something said on twitter a man who spends every day posting a tweet with a number he numbers his tweets and then he goes back like he spends a lot of time on twitter so public opinion which i get with a lot of celebrities and public figures that public opinion matters a lot to them but this is a bizarre thing to respond to and also he went on to say that i have 90 million followers and one word from me will eliminate you they will and highlight you i don't know what he said that all i have to say is thok dalo sale ko and they all go at you and oh then maybe it's the like, side effect of remdesivir i know i just think it's i generally think people have too much time and it just they just start getting you know riled up in their own you know because you're just sitting by yourself feeling bad for yourself so yeah i think that brings out the worst but so i just feel that he's i don't know they are very sensitive some of them and they are he tends to, to be you no know, he tends to yeah he tends to be too uh, you know he's very reactive on twitter because he spends so much time on twitter if he was out working i don't think he'd give a shit if he was like shooting going from one set to the other so on that note um thank you all for listening thank you for your mails you can write in to us at contact@newslawney.com i have a couple of things actually to say <gasps> one is that we have got so many mails on the safetyism that uh our wonderful producer parikshit i said let's put together a series of nl versus nl those of you who are nl subscribers know we have a podcast called nl versus nl where people within the nl team and the subscribers debate with each other on things they disagree with so because of the amount of emails we've got on safetyism i thought we'd do a series on safetyism and we got so many mails from our subscribers on this whole safetyism issue uh, so you'll be getting a mail shortly Uh, you know from news laundry so if you want to participate in the safetyism debate and we are going to be kind of titling it something along the lines that does safetyism you know stand against liberal values while pretending to be a liberal virtue so something along those lines we so if you want to participate because of the amount of interest and we got some very uh, insightful views actually which i really liked in fact i have a mail which will be read out in the hafta where uh, you know uh, uh, someone pointed out to me why my view is colored by my probably age and not not anyway i i think it gave a perspective which i hadn't thought of it made me rethink my view on safetyism but yeah so do participate in that cause we'd like a lot of subscribers to you know weigh in on that issue and secondly many of you have written in saying that you know you subscribe but just for a podcast you know should you really pay that much i'm again repeating you're not only paying for the podcast hafta whatever you pull behind the paywall you're paying for our journalism and you go to newslawn.com and see the journalism we do that is where the real money goes even on podcasts there are people to be paid their producers there's a studio right now rashi and i are recording here but haftaz got on the studio so it is not just a podcast it is a whole lot of work and teamwork that goes into making you know decent journalism happen so do write into us at contact at newslawnry subscribe to newslawnry and pay to keep news free uh and uh yeah you can always abuse us on twitter i promise we will not react like amitabh bachchan yeah see so many people wrote about kangna's that article to me i didn't react badly oh kangna's uh, fans went at you yeah but her sister didn't i was very disappointed that i was not considered important enough for yeah. them to attack me but what is the big deal to care they're writing 
but uh, we will watch there are some films being released on uh, friday this friday as in that means uh, on 31st basically so we'll review some of those and that man on earth yeah the man we, we should watch that yeah we should watch that we'll find it and we'll watch it and uh, i don't know when we will watch a suitable boy because netflix is not announcing a date for it so it's going to be sometime in september october so dekhi jayegi and also when you write in try to keep your word count a little short so we can include letters cuz more and more letters are start coming in i'd like to include as many voices as we can on the podcast so you know if the very long letters then can't get included in total it have to be 350 words long no please don't listen to rapshi they they have to Are you just not writing 50 word letters and making the point let them write oh, otherwise the 50 word you can be 1 2 350 word it's oh, a limit because 350 is yeah fine okay 350 is fine niku fine it's fine 350 how long then we can read all those 50 mails we are getting now we can read more mails theek yeah Good. and uh, thank you mr safin thank you mr sen and it's a wrap all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent to catch all our podcasts on news pop culture current affairs and sport visit newslaundry.com follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and subscribe to our youtube channel